Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. So this is how it started back in February last year when the man, formerly known as Prince, made it known how he wanted to be referred to now with the launch of his own eco-charity in Edinburgh. Helping pull all of this together today is His Royal Highness the Duke of Sussex who wants to say a few words to kick start the day Um, and he's made it clear that we are all just to call him Harry. So ladies and gentlemen, please give a big, warm Scottish welcome to Harry. That was Evening Standard columnist Aisha Hazarika doing the speaking there, by the way. And shortly after that came the announcement that Harry and his wife Meghan would be leaving the royal family. There would be a 12-month review, they said, to work out the details. Those 12 months are up and they're not coming back. Royal patronages, like Harry's association with the Marines, will have to be given up. Buckingham Palace says the Queen is saddened by their decision, but they remain much-loved members of the family. Harry and Meghan say they've offered to continue support of the organisations they're associated with, regardless of official role. Well, I'm joined now by Victoria Howard, the founder of The Crown Chronicles, whose own Twitter handle is The Royal Expert, so she knows what's been going on. Victoria, over the last 12 months, has there been a genuine attempt behind the scenes to make a new arrangement work, or was this inevitable? Were Harry and Meghan always going to leave the royal family? I think it was always inevitable that this would be how it ended. You know, they wouldn't be able to keep those patronages for Harry, in particular, his military associations, because the the sort of half-in, semi-commercial royal life that they kind of wanted just isn't possible. You know, it kind of breaches those expectations we have of the royal family that they're not in it for money that they are doing things because it's you know, like charitable things because it's it's kind of for the benefit of the, the country you know that's one of the big reasons I think they're popular because of their charity work so um yeah I think it was really inevitable but I think that Harry and Meghan pushed really hard to try and keep some of those because they particularly for Harry it's very personal yeah I was going to ask that because who wins in this Victoria, because Harry and Meghan, particularly Harry, are giving up those associations that, as you've noted, are clearly dear to their hearts. And the royal family is losing its two biggest stars. I think Harry and Meghan have carved out quite a, a niche for themselves over in the US already. I think they are not going to be held back in any way by this. It's, it's more the, the personal side, like you say, that they they're clearly quite popular there's a lot of people on their side the moment i mention harry or megan on twitter 
the kind of vitriol you get that you know Harry and Meghan are so much better outside of the royal family and the royal family are, are racist and they haven't supported them and and all these these comments from what is loosely termed the Sussex squad these are like these staunch defenders of Harry and Meghan that is this very niche corner of Twitter that I don't often recommend you go into uh, <laughs> but um they are going to be completely fine the royal family have lost two stars you know they they were so loved in the beginning I'm, I'm even gonna go that far to say that they were so popular like the the turnout for their wedding people loved this you know she was American she was mixed race she was an actress it was just this new fresh face and she knew what she wanted you know fiercely independent feminist and it really seemed like a really good time for the royal family that they could take these things forward but then obviously it all changed so the royal family lose out Harry and Meghan are winning. I think Harry loses out personally in terms of those military associations. I'm interested in that vitriol that you're talking about there, this kind of rivalry between Buckingham Palace and LA, the Sussexes, against the royal family. Is that real? Did Buckingham Palace do everything it possibly could to try and hold on to Harry and Meghan? So I think the royal family did support them. You know, they they gave them obviously the wedding they wanted. They chose Windsor. They got a cottage from the Queen, um, which was in, in Windsor as well, rather than their what we thought was going to be an apartment at Kensington Palace. So they'd be William and Kate's neighbours. When in, in the initial phases of their relationship, Harry put out obviously a statement about the the press kind of hounding Meghan and being um, misogynistic about her, racist as well. Uh, that was obviously passed through official channels to get that out, and they they allowed him to do that. William put out a statement to say he's you know very much in support of the couple. People need to kind of leave them alone. But the, that's kind of the royal family. They don't you don't really get them coming out with a blanket statement and going, you can't do this. You really need to stop doing this because that's that's just not the way they do it, and they know that that's not the PR that they want or need to be honest. So for for people to say that. I think they just don't understand how and what the monarchy does and why it has to be a certain way. Um, because I'm sure they were, you know, appalled at some of the, the treatment that they got as a couple, but there's a way of doing things that they know kind of works. Um, and for some people that just wasn't enough. So has a rift form between Harry and Meghan and the royal family and, really importantly, how will this much publicised Oprah interview that Meghan's undertaking affect the relationships there? I think there's definitely tensions and I think actually the Oprah interview is going to tell us the extent of those tensions. So if this, if they go kind of all out in this interview and be like, this is what happened, so-and-so did this, they said that, that quite clearly says they have kind of, you know, split off in the royal family completely. They don't have a good relationship. I think it's more likely that there's, there's just some sort of under the surface tensions that William and Charles were probably quite instrumental in that um, decision for Harry and Meghan to not be the half in half out rules that they wanted to be. And that, that probably caused some tensions. You know, it's, it's a family business. You can't get away from having those sort of arguments with your family. But I definitely think there's, there's a few, um, there's been a few crosswords exchanged. And of course, while all of this is going on, Prince Philip is in hospital right now. And I understand that Harry and Prince Philip have a very close relationship. I'm sure he's quite worried about what's going on right now with his grandfather. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the really sad things when you think about that distance. Them being over in the US kind of causes some issues. So Philip now in hospital, I'm sure, I mean, COVID times, of course, but I'm sure it feels much better for family to be closer when things like this happen. So I'm sure there's that kind of feeling of, oh gosh, you know, we're so far away, something happens, it's an issue, what are we going to do? Um, but then equally, that that moves on to things like Archie. 
Archie is now, uh, what, 18 months old. He hasn't spent much time with his paternal side of the family. You know, he's, he's probably only seen the Queen and Prince Philip on a handful of occasions. Um, he's probably only met his cousins, George, Charlotte and Louis, on a number of few occasions. So I think that's, that's kind of sad when you think about it, that this, this issue has happened, that they weren't happy. They split off. And then it's also kind of Archie who's going to suffer. You know, he's, he's going to grow up without that side of the family. And I'm, I'm sure it's fantastic for him to be close to Doria, who's obviously Meghan's mother. But there's, you know, families tend to be that two-sided thing. And Archie's kind of growing up with that one big side of his family. There's much more on the story on our website and follow our live blog for breaking news. That's at standard.co.uk. Let's do the ads now. Hit the subscribe button so you're always up to date with our news analysis, interviews and commentary every day at 4pm. London Fashion Week is here and the Evening Standard has unrivaled coverage of the whole thing. Check out the newspaper and online for features on events and there's a great gallery of Fashion Week's past. But of course this year, as it is with so many things, is very different. It's an online-only COVID-secure affair. Nobody's flying in from abroad to hit the parties. Our fashion editor, Chloe Street, is here. Chloe, you've been speaking to the CEO of the British Fashion Council, Caroline Rush. It's not just the pandemic that's causing problems, is it? There's that dreaded word, Brexit. Yeah, so I think, uh, like so many industries, I think having a Brexit deal so late meant that many fashion brands have struggled to kind of prepare their businesses in time for the new trade agreement. Fundamentally, fashion's industry reliant on the free movement of goods and services. And right now, UK-based fashion brands are suddenly encountering extensive red tape and paperwork as a result of the Brexit deal for which they weren't really prepared for. Traditionally, 80% of UK clothing exports are sent to the EU. And yet since the deal, UK brands are experiencing a situation where if they bring goods and materials into the UK, then export them back to the EU, they're, they're suddenly incurring massive tariffs. It's also, secondarily an industry reliant on the free movement of creatives, of people. Uh, models and photographers, you know, are required often at the last minute for shoots and runways and entering the UK now from Europe, they require tier five sponsorship or a visa, which is causing big difficulties and delays for these shoots and runway shows. Chloe, I suppose it's not just the, the free movement of people within Europe that's causing a problem this year, because of course, nobody can fly at the moment we do have this pandemic going on that is making things harder for london fashion week this year isn't it yeah for sure i think you know the pandemic it feels strange and poignant <laughs> exactly a year ago we had a normal in inverted commas kind of physical london fashion week and now the thought of everyone kind of knocking knees on the front row and breathing on each other at parties <laughs> feels like a distant universe i think it's it's definitely yeah, the pandemic has obviously made things incredibly difficult for designers this year. A lot of them have had to produce collections at home. They've struggled to get hold of materials. Many have, in some cases, quite tragically, had bulk orders cancelled up the chain and therefore had to furlough or lose staff. Yeah, it's been a really rough ride, particularly for those who specialise in party and event wear, who've obviously seen their sales decimated in the last year as we became tracksuit addicts. I think that said, it's also been a time of where they've designers have had some time to kind of pause and been in being freed of some of the endless pressure to produce collections and create these massive runway shows. 
they've had some time to innovate and I, a lot of them have produced some of their most thoughtful clothing yet I think. And it is all online this year Chloe I mean can you retain the excitement of an event like London Fashion Week in a climate like this I mean where are the parties Chloe? I know <laughs> I really miss the parties and seeing my yeah other fashion you know people on the circuit and stuff it, it was fun and um sitting at my kitchen table is no comparison for sure and to an extent you know nothing digital can really replace those seven super exciting minutes of music thumping kind of high gloss drama that you get at a runway show but I suppose for me the exciting bit of this new format is that it's completely democratized the whole experience that was once reserved very exclusively for editors and buyers now anyone can tune in and watch these beautiful digital runway shows and collection reveals and and for the designers it's exciting because they get to communicate now directly with their customers and clients and I think that's exciting. So from your kitchen table in your jogging bottoms as you claim to be Chloe what are the highlights going to be for you what are you rushing to that kitchen table to see? I personally always look forward to seeing the kind of fabulous party wear that and from Halpen and Molly Goddard and 16 Arlington who really go in for the OTT fabulous dresses and and particularly after the year we've had I'm dying to see more of that other highlights this weekend I would say are probably set to be Burberry are doing a men's only show on Monday which is they're always cool to see another one's this menswear designer called Daniel Fletcher who was on that Netflix show Next in Fashion he's super talented and he's he's a menswear designer but he's releasing his first ever women's wear collection on Tuesday which I'm excited to see you can read Chloe's interview with Caroline Rush in the newspaper or online that's the leader we're back on Monday at 4 p.m. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.